Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. Kevin. Hey. And Squeaks. Squeaks. <laughs> Squeaks. Squeaks is back. He's in a he's in a pop filled room right now that he's been building. Yes, it's um yes. I'm surrounded by pop. So if you see me like looking at a different angle, I'm just being distracted. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, one wall is supported by pops. Is from what it looks yes. like. But, yes. <laughs> Should I, should I put this on the camera real quick or yeah do it real quick yeah we'll uh, put it okay. up on, on, on all right, the all right. Oh, oh my goodness, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> those, are loads of, those are load-bearing pops that's what that is right <laughs> seriously that's uh that's um not even all of them so <laughs> yeah there's more behind you that couldn't fit on yeah, your shelves that's yeah. insane i have them categorized by uh you know like uh what do you call it anime star wars and dc so horror yeah i got some more at a certain point go. you go from a pop collector to just like a walmart just open the garage and have people come in and shop so yeah, yeah. 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 but you don't want to sell them you're a pop store that won't sell <laughs> yeah. terrible business. i get tempted sometimes on some of the prices that i have so yeah since you have like a car payment <laughs> sitting on the wall right there yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, all shit. right we're gonna be starting off with a, a bit of news and leading into our question so this week the library of congress their national film registry announced that they're adding it's like 12 new films but four blockbusters specifically the reason they're doing this is because some of the big producers in the industry have said that the library of congress's preservation act is a little biased towards like artsy films and not necessarily ones that really represent what america is about so the four films that just got uh, added into the libraries the reason for this registry by the way is films that will be preserved as american culture icons going centuries into the future so these represent us. So the ones that are added this year are Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings, Ring, uh, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and Wall-E, uh, which we just mentioned Wall-E last week, Jonathan, as my favorite sci-fi <laughs> yeah, film. Gonna, that's funny. You're predicting what's a, what's a, genius. I don't know, important favorite. <laughs> yeah. So I got a question for you guys. Is there three films that you guys think that represent American culture that should be added to the film registry? Uh, yeah. So I don't know what's already added. Uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, not assuming that. Just which of this. Just assuming though, I think uh, one for sure would have to be The Godfather. Uh, oh, I think dang. that uh, is super iconic for the trilogy that it is. Seeing that each, you know, each movie is a different chapter, and I think that's something that some movies nowadays don't do a good job at. Is really good at progression. Uh, mm -hmm. I will give credit to uh, Planet of the Apes, though, because the newer one, because Planet of the Apes did actually do a good job at like oh, okay, the this is the one. first wow. movie, and then it switches. So like, okay, the apes kind of, you know, starting, you see them take over in the, what is, so two or three? I think there's three, right? I think there's three, yeah. I think I've yeah, seen the two. Yeah, three is basically, the, basically yeah. the war. So um, yeah. that, I think the second one is going to be Psycho, because even though, um, uh, one, I love the movie, of course, but two, I think we should highlight directors as well. And Alfred Hitchcock being one yeah. of the most uh, iconic directors I think there ever was uh, here. So I think uh, that should be a portion of deciding what kind of movies are in there. And for the last one, uh, I'm kind of stuck on either Jaws or It's a Wonderful Life. So, so It's a Wonderful Life is definitely needs to be in there. I didn't think about that one. Yeah. I have Jaws on my list, though, too. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just so, from a director standpoint, storytelling standpoint, Jaws mm -hmm. is a perfect movie, which I don't think we could release a Jaws today. The fact that you no. don't see the shark for most of the movie, yeah. people wouldn't appreciate that, you know? No, for sure. And then, like like I said, with directors, I mean, Steven Spielberg, for sure. And then, all like you said, the history of, or the the way the film was even being made, all the problems that it had with the mechanical shark and stuff like that, and kind of yeah. just made it that film more appreciative. 
But then, of course, Wonderful Life. It's Christmas time, so let's throw it out there. I just watched that a couple weeks ago again, and it's it's phenomenal. All right, so (laughs) I'll I'll go ahead and go through the next two that are on my list. Jurassic Park, because Mm, I think it's like such an icon of the 90s. It was it ushered in CGI in like the mainstream way. It's not just something that was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That thing from Terminator. No, it was like, hey, look, we made a movie using CGI. And then the next one is Lion King, which was... Um, I think the pinnacle of Disney animation, uh, which, you know, we were lucky to live as children through the 90s where we had Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. But Lion King specifically, I think, was like the peak of the mountain that showed what storytelling and animated form looks like. And then, of course, I had Jaws because, you know, what a perfect movie. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin, what do you got for your next one? Well, for your three? So one of them, I'm not sure it might already be in there. I did not do any research into this, but um, Forrest Gump is mm-hmm. a very culturally yeah. significant yeah. one and mm-hmm. yeah uh that does, i don't think i need to go on any further about that one um it literally tells our history in a way <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and 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 goes through the story of a man dealing with problems that i i think should be better represented in cinema anyway um right. definitely i think instead of return of the jedi they probably should have done raiders of the lost ark that Ooh, might be choice. The hot take. Um, I love Star Wars. I'm not as big of a fan of Indiana Jones, but I think Indiana Jones kind of hit the it, it's it's better cinema, in my opinion, than Star Wars was back then. Yeah, specifically Return of the Jedi, which I, if I were to pick one of the three, I would go with Empire Strikes Back. Myself. Yeah, same here. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, Empire was definitely a much better film in, in most aspects than Return of the Jedi was. Yeah. yeah, especially with having a dark ending. It's not something you see very often in cinema. Um, good. This one might be a little bit more spicy. I'm going to go with Django Unchained. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's a good, that was one. A good one. Yeah, it, it's a great movie, but it also highlights a lot of, you know, racial issues that are still prominent in in life today. So I think that would be a great way to show that as well as just having a Tarantino movie in there just is yeah. a no brainer. Yeah. And especially the way he makes a film like this, like he makes these like, historical revenge stories. Where it's like, hey, here's here's a little bit of some revenge for you, just to the bloodlust that we all have in ourselves. We we see that here, and then we see it with Inglorious Bastards as well, where it's just like, well, look, we want we know you guys want to see Hitler gunned down. Here it is, and yeah, <laughs> they'll give it to us. Yeah, which you know, yeah, that's definitely part of our zeitgeist. Jonathan, what do you got on the list, man? I actually got four, so okay. don't uh, don't hate me. <clears throat> Already started. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ready Player One. I love it. I love how in the future we can look back at that and see what we thought the future was going to be. And it. I don't know. That, this podcast cool. brought to you by Ready Player One, as you guys can tell. I since know, we're clearly trying to sell much. the damn movie. <laughs> I don't think there's been a single episode of a podcast I've been on with Jonathan that he hasn't brought up Ready Player One <laughs> in some form. It's it's overdue. I got to go back to Gargoyles pretty soon. <laughs> oh God, that's right. <laughs> that used to be. It used to be every, every episode. Greg Wiseman sending uh, me checks at this point. <laughs> right. Uh, the Prestige. Such a good movie. Yes. And it does show, you know, a time, it's a you know time piece and very cool. But much like Prestige, Prestige was already on my list. And then I got thinking like, what else is a lot like that and would represent Americana is Gangs of New York. Ooh. It's a really good movie that, that, you know, doesn't sugarcoat how life was in, you know, early American, you know, whatever expansion. Uh, so that was cool. And then number four, we just saw Spider-Man No Way Home. So good. Yep. That's got to go in our, <laughs> in our uh, register. <laughs> Zero spoilers, by the way, guys. We're going to be reviewing Spider-Man oh, later on. Man. Zero spoilers on that. So just to keep that, that in mind. Huh? 
Damn. It was that good. Don't get my <laughs> do a review on that without spoilers. Though. That's going to be so hard. It'll be very <laughs> short. And then we're going to do a spoiler-filled review that we're going to just throw up on Patreon. So the spoiler-filled mm. one we'll do afterwards, which will just be us screaming at the top of our lungs. Uh, <laughs> the spoiler-free is what? Just be like, oh, it's a great movie, A+. plus. Okay, now here's the spoilers. <laughs> I have, spo- have spoiler-free notes, and then okay. I have a lot more. You can more talk about anything, anything that was showed in the trailer can be talked about we'll talk right? about that basically yeah like yeah dr strange is in it and he does magic oh nice nice okay, there we go. <laughs> tom holland is in it and he plays wait can we he plays spider-man <laughs> oh my god oh my god did you just almost say the wrong spider-man <laughs> uh, right. uh yeah jonathan uh yeah that was a really good list there um Ready player one sure let's get it in there just because again that's also kind of like the force gump one where it itself shows a lot of americana in it you know yeah can't go wrong with adding it in there with that so yeah solid list everybody there's some really good iconic ones and i know we're missing some so let us know on the social medias if there's a movie you guys feel like represents america and should be added to the list Django Unchained. i could stop and watch that right now i freaking love that movie moving on to the news first up epic games is giving away a free game every day throughout the holidays so we'll, we'll share them on the social medias for you guys, but make sure you go check it out. Also, they have their sale where they're giving you a $10 gift card, essentially, on any purchase over 14 bucks. So head over there. I already bought my game. I got Disco Elysium Final Cut. Oh, so I need to get that. I need to get that. I bought I bought it for $7 after the sale. I mean, you can't pass that up. Yeah, that's that's an, that's incredible. It's one of the games I thought I owned. <laughs> so I was surprised <laughs> I, I didn't gonna... own it. I, was say, I thought I, I thought you remember or I thought I remembered you telling me that you owned it and I was jealous because yeah. you owned it and I didn't. But I, I, I'm going to get it today. Not just that. I remember playing it. And what it is after I was looking through my library of what that could have been. It's this other game where you play as like a duck with a gun and a pig with a gun. That's very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I reviewed it when when I used to do those videos about the free epic games. And that's what it was. So I got the games mixed up. But yeah, so I'm excited to play this. And yes, we'll be streaming it. So expect that later on. Is there any particular game that you guys have gotten yet on the Epic sale? Are you guys still checking it out? Yeah, I have to still check it out because mostly anything I do on Epic uh, is going to be Fortnite. So <laughs> What a <laughs> Fortnite kid. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. I haven't played Fortnite in a while, though, so I already missed out on quite a bit. I'm on, I'm on that Valorant right now, so yeah. yeah. They have uh, Fortnite's new season is, is cooking up, right? Is, they mm-hmm. just showed like the rocks in the game now and stuff. Yeah. So all that's happening. Yeah. I do got to say, don't skip on those free games, though. They just did Neon oh, Abyss, yeah. and Neon yeah. Abyss is a fun game, and especially for free. You can't beat that, but it's it, it's a fast-paced action. I think it's a roguelike. It's a lot of fun. I already bought the game on Steam, but now I have it on Epic for free anyway, so. Yeah. My my uh, Epic library is thick from those free games. Yeah. I'm always grabbing them. And we will post them on our social media every time the new free game comes out, so just keep an eye on that as well. Next in line is Final Fantasy fourteen. Has been dealing with the issues. We actually spoke about this a little bit, but I wanted to revisit it because they've expanded their seven days free to 21 days free. And the problem is with the login uh, servers. We've seen this with World of Warcraft all the time. Uh, it's, a, it's a DDoS thing. People are just being jerks. What do you guys think people gain from DDoSing a video game like this? Is there fun in it to them? I think people just like being jerks just for the sake of being jerks and when it gets out on like Reddit and stuff, somebody be like, oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> Aren't I so cool? Man, kids don't need computers. <laughs> <That's what we're- laughs> we all probably had computers as kids, though, but we didn't do stupid yeah. shit like this, though. No, yeah. we just spent yeah. hours on Starcraft. <laughs> exactly. 
hashtag power overwhelming, which was the <laughs> the cheat to, <laughs> to for uh, StarCraft right there for unlimited stuff. All right, next, uh, Kickass is getting a, a reboot. It's going to be in two years. They already announced it'll be two years away before they even start it. They're waiting for the license to revert. So, do you feel like this uh, Kickass needs a reboot? I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's okay. I, I I wasn't a huge fan of Kickass, anyways. I thought it was pretty good, but not amazing. Um, so I'd be interested to see what their plan is in a reboot. You know, obviously they're probably going to have all new cast, but uh, are they going to be changing much of the the concept of the story or not? Um, but I mean, it, it'll be good. I don't know why they decided to just do a reboot uh, all of a sudden, but. Yeah, when but. when the director was uh, comments or asked about that, he said that it's because the story needs to focus on Kickass and Kickass Two kind of left the uh, Kickass behind, um, and so they're going to reboot it because of that, and they want to get a, even a little bit more accurate to the comic books and cast a younger actor or actress. So yeah, they're and I think they've probably seen that. in recent years how like the MCU movies are doing and Spider Man and stuff like that. Like they're are they learning as the audience is showing what they like so they realize they're kind of off base and want to re retool this to meet the demands. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure, hope, I'm, I'm sure it'll be good. It'll be nice to see, but uh, I wasn't super pumped about the previous one. So hopefully it's better. I was going to say, the, I think the only reason to reboot something this quickly after it's been a relatively short period of time since the first two movies came out is if you plan on doing a multiverse mashup movie, <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen Spider-Man just throwing that out there <laughs> and we have no comments on what you just said so <laughs> no. uh squeaks do you think there's enough room for another r-rated superhero movie we already have deadpool kind of taking up a lot of that space do you think we have enough room for that yeah i think so because it's just gonna be an upcoming thing i mean we're gonna get morbius is morbius i rated r i think um, it is yeah from my understanding so it's just gonna be a journey of uh i guess kind of like us or even older of um these uh super or not villains but any superhero villain type movie I mean, it has its marketing, and we're that market. So, yeah. I mean, we want to see these characters truly uh, live up to uh, their potential. And like when we see like Blade, for example, that shit better be how it is, you know, in the prior movies or in the yeah. in the comic books. I don't want to run down one. So, I think the market's there and it's here to stay. So, most definitely. Could you imagine a Blade with no blood in it? I mean, like that would be just so silly. Or Anyways. like not chopping heads off or anything, or just kind of like that's what he does. <laughs> Like poking you and then you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I knocked you out with my fist. What yeah. the hell is this? <laughs> was, you have to kill was it Blade with hugs. <laughs> Blade three, they made like a serum that is the essence of sunlight or something like that. So when he shoots people with it, yeah. they would vaporize, oh, right? They would they would burn instantly. So I think I mean if they had to, that's a way you can go where they have a new technology. It pretty much is like a phaser that you know disintegrates them, mm -hmm. but it's bloodless. No, that's like a Matrix movie <laughs> without going into the Matrix. Okay. Don't yeah. do it. Don't it's do all, it. All conceptual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's just yeah. office space. I think office space is the matrix <laughs> if you took the yeah. other pill. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I'd watch it again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, oh, Ubisoft man. Toronto. We always got to talk about Ubisoft. Is working on a new Splinter Cell remake. Uh, this is going to be based off the 2002 game. <laughs> Kevin over there loves himself some Ubisoft, so we're going to him first. Kevin, have you played uh, Splinter Cell, and are you excited to go back? So I actually have played all of the Splinter Cell games. The only one that I have not played to completion is the first one. Oh, so I'm excited for this. I'm cautiously optimistic about this. I should right. say it is Ubisoft, so there's that. 
but it right. is Splinter Cell, and that's probably my favorite Tom. It's definitely my favorite Tom Clancy video game franchise, but it's probably my favorite Ubisoft IP as well. Really? Wow. It probably is. It's up there with Assassin's Creed, the early Assassin's Creed games for me. Uh, I, I never beat that one, but I'm just very afraid of what they're going to do to it if they want to make it like an open world live service game or if they're just going to be as faithful as they can to the original Splinter Cell. And no NFTs, please. I, I really hope this whole NFT bullshit goes away. Let's let's start on that a little bit, too. What, what do you think? Of, why are NFTs good or bad? Can you defend defend them or chastise them? I, I think it's just the new fad. I mean, it's it, they're not new, but they're relatively new to the mainstream. Right. It's something that's been around for a while that it's like crypto. I mean, it, it, it's essentially tied with crypto. But it is, yeah. it, it, the people that know about it either like it or dislike it extremely. And those are the only two opinions you're allowed to have on the Internet. <laughs> um, I just yeah, I, I, I just want it to go away. But I kind of sound like an old person when I say that. The environmental impacts, the the blockchain, this and that. It's just I want to hang my head in shame every time anybody starts explaining any of that shit. I just don't care. Yeah. I want it to go away. The envir- environmental impact is my main concern about it. And, you know, there are remedies for that. We're, we're not really working on that right now. But um, and, and then it also feels like when uh, some gimmick comes out, like the Wii comes out and it's like there will be a part of that that goes forward. There will be motion controls in, in future gaming, but we're not going to play Wii Golf for the rest of our lives. We're not going to play Wii Bowling forever. It feels like that. It's a little too gimmicky right now to me. Do you guys have any interest in NFTs or anything like that going forward? I haven't invested in anything like that. I don't, I, I think I understand NFTs. I just don't, uh, don't trust it enough to invest in anything like that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause like you're saying, it could be like, like Stadia or any of these things where it sounds really cool and it makes sense on paper, but then it doesn't gain traction. And it's literally, as far as I understand, it's literally the fact that people value it. So it has value. Yeah. And so if Michael Jordan sells his sneakers for $10 million, now people value those at that much because that's what people said it's worth versus those same sneakers that haven't been worn by somebody selling for $200 or whatever. You know, it's just, it's, it's kind of hollow. So it's hard to say that it really is going to be successful. And a lot of people are excited about it because they want to jump on that train and ride it to, to profit and then, you know, sell it off at the top. But we know that's extremely volatile and unpredictable. So to think that that's going to be like, a foundation for our financial future is very hard to believe or hard to believe that it would be stable. At least it's going to be scary if that is what we rely on in the future. So yeah. we'll see. A lot of people are, are trying to jump on the train early and get as much as they can early on. And they might be the Bezos of the future. We don't know, but uh, I don't think that's going to be as successful as it sounds like it, they plan on it being. I want to go to space with them though. If they're, if they're the Bezos of the future, I call, <laughs> I call shotgun. Uh, what about right. you, Squeaks? Are you an NFT fan? Um, in the cases of buying them and selling them, I haven't been able to buy any yet uh, for the asking price or retail price um, because yeah. I know it is insanely stupid. Uh, when I was being told about this, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want to make a profit, so let's see if I can get on like these uh, golden Disney ones or whatever right, case right. may be. But then I was like, you're talking to a guy that has 300 plus Funko Pops, and I'm saying that's stupid. There's a problem there. <laughs> okay. I'm like, so what do you do with it? Can you take a screenshot? Is it your wallpaper? I don't, I don't get what do you what do you do with this thing? And when yeah. I was being explained it, I was like, this is this is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. There's there, that makes sense to me. Jonathan, me and him were discussing this a couple of days ago uh, in person, 
and he brought up a really good uh really good topping to- uh, talking point on it is it's like pokemon cards in the end of the day pokemon mm-hmm. cards are pieces of cardboard but because we put value in pokemon cards you could buy and sell houses with them and mm-hmm. you know and it's just at some point pokemon cards will fade away it's not like they're gonna exist forever and they're useless and so we have to be careful with these nfts because it feels like that's bound to happen eventually i don't like those statements you're saying about pokemon cards <laughs> <laughs> where's the where's the pokemon card wall at squeaks where's that uh, the other actually, wall uh no i have them in my old room with a stack of my Yu-Gi-Oh and my magic hey, cards so yeah. funko pops are the same thing too <laughs> You're you're hanging out. You buy them, you know. <laughs> ten cents to make. You buy them for ten bucks, and you hang on to them, expecting the value is definitely going to appreciate because it, it will. Yeah. But yeah. but then at some point in the distant future, someone's going to be like, "Well, yeah, it's just a chunk of plastic." So okay. But so. If you write it up and sell it at its profitable point, then yeah, you're you're making profit on it. So I got a few that I need to keep an eye on just in case if the value does go down because I need to get rid of them right away. So. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like what Sarah's probably telling you every other day as well, right? <laughs> yeah, but Sarah supports me sometimes. She's like, "Hey, uh, I'm by uh, box lunch, and they got this exclusive one. Do you need it or no?" So she helps yeah. out, even though she hates it. She helps out. So. <laughs> nice. I did make good money out of yard sale when I bought a uh, like an original Master Chief for two dollars. Mm, yeah, and I sold it for a few hundred bucks after that. Yeah. That was that was pretty yeah, fun. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But yeah, so Splinter Cell's coming back. Um, <laughs> Leave it to me to turn a Ubisoft conversation into a talk about NFTs. A better conversation, I'll argue. I think it turned into a better conversation, though. I, I was confused. Too. I was like, okay, so is Splinter Cell having NFTs? I don't get why we got to this point. <laughs> well, a lot of the video game companies, EA, of course, um, are pushing oh, NFTs uh, as Ubisoft like a, is a, Ubisoft oh. is too? Okay. Yeah. It's pushing NFTs as like a, hey, a new thing that you guys can pay money for and then just sit in your digital oh, wallet. God. Yeah, so, expect it. But yeah, so far this is just a remake of the original Splin- Splinter Cell game. I personally am excited because I have not played any Splinter Cell game. Ooh. So this is this is my first one going back into it. I will check this out, and then I think it'll open the door to a resurgence of Splinter Cell game, which I think everybody's been really you know chomping at the bit for. That'd be pretty cool. All right, PlayStation has announced their new faceplates. They're calling these things console covers. Now, those who listen to the podcast are well aware that in the beginning of this year. PlayStation was going around suing all these little companies who were making these console covers uh, on their own. Basically, you know, telling us, foreshadowing that they were going to be doing this themselves. Would you buy a console cover to change the look of your, your white PS5? Uh, I don't know, because I saw that purple one. I was like, damn, I want yeah. that, right? The black and purple look clean together. Yeah. But then it's like, man, but the white is so pretty. And I already got the two white controllers. And then I just got the red controller and it's freaking gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I would. And especially depending on the price, I'm going to spend like 60 bucks mm-hmm. on something just to change the color of it. Now, if they were yeah. themed like some of these other yeah. smaller companies were doing, like, hey, here's a video game theme of, I don't know, anything. Then it's like, oh, OK, that might be a little different, you know, and then you could get a little fancy with it, maybe engrave a little bit instead of just being yeah. stickers. and paint. Yeah, something like that. But just the color. Nah, not. I mean, for 10 bucks, maybe. But yeah, they're substantially. That's what I was thinking, that, too. Yeah. It, yeah, so a plain color one is going to be boring, but they're trying to you know, put that up front to make initial sales. But mm-hmm. I, you know, they have to. When the next hot game comes out, they're going to be selling these exclusive covers mm-hmm. that are all decked out with graphics of the game or something like that. Microsoft so. did that with the Xbox 360. I had a Mass mm-hmm. Effect yeah. one for my 360. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Is there a PlayStation exclusive, Squeak, since you're, you're a big PlayStation guy, that you would mm-hmm. definitely go buy the cover for? God of War. 
right? <laughs> um, if it had the gr- engravings of like the axe, how cool would that be on there? Like those yeah, cross runes on the axe. <laughs> I think so. I'm trying to do some. Uh, think of something different, but not really. Um, I could go from like a Final Fantasy. Uh, God of yeah. War would be kind of cool. Um, I could do a, definitely a Kingdom Hearts all day. Oh yeah. Uh, but I like how Jonathan Jonathan said exclusive, and I was thinking of like, wonder if they make certain base plates that are a little harder to get. Um, that would just kind of like we're adding value and everything, right? And so well, it's really a, just a ten dollar thing. Is there's a face, face plate wall in your future. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, there's a potential uh, wall coming up here, maybe behind me. That's going to have PlayStation face, face plates. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we're going to go to his backyard. He's going to have extra walls he built just to put stuff on. <laughs> no roof. Somebody yes. can make one and then take a picture of it, and then you can be the exclusive owner of that picture. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh NFT. Time is some little cryptocurrency that apparently has value. Yeah. For That's me, fine. Red Dead Redemption. I would like an old West Red mm. Dead Redemption one that would be that would be the one I want. And uh, I'm kind of getting that itch to play Red Dead 2 again, which is like, hey, you know, I feel like spending 60 hours doing something. Um, mm. But yeah, that would be really cool. It's a long day. I'm thinking about <laughs> buying one of those covers just to put near my TV so I can trick myself into thinking I've been able to get a PS5. Because yeah. I still don't have one. I want one. Better yet, buy someone's white ones that they're about to replace with some pink ones, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. look, I got yeah. I just didn't feel like getting the face plates for it. I'm good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, uh, we have a new. We had the new trailer for a new expansion coming to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, this one changes the main character into Odin, uh, and it changes the gameplay quite a bit. So th- to kind of give you guys an example, if you guys haven't seen the trailer before, you know Assassin's Creed, you're a human being basically that can assassinate people. Yada yada yada. Now, the new one changes it to a more God of War slash Shadow of Mordor feel to where you have magical abilities. You're able to control frost and fire. You can uh, teleport with your bow, which is exactly from Shadow of Mordor. Um, Different things like that. Have you guys experienced an expansion that has changed so dramatically? Not that I can think of. That's I mean, Mm -hmm. that's pretty huge. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I don't think of it. It sounds like it's just a totally different game. Right. That. It maybe ties into similar characters or something. Well, not even the similar characters. It's just, yeah, it's t- sounds like a totally different game. Yeah. Same name on the cover is about it. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? Have you, have you seen an expansion like this where it shifts the game so much? Yeah, and it was, once again, another Ubisoft game that did it. And that's what it kind of sounds like this game is taking, uh, taking advice from. Uh, Phoenix, or Immortals Phoenix Rising was a Ubisoft game that came out a couple years back that not very many people played. It was the game that made me end my Ubisoft boycott. Yeah. Um, it was a good game. It felt like Assassin's Creed, but faster and f- more fun. Um, there was an expansion to it that turned it from that style of game, a third person like action adventure game into like a Diablo style isometric platforming action game. Uh, wow. I, I think they were using that as kind of a beta test to see if something that drastic could work and then implement it into Assassin's Creed. Um, Do you feel like it worked? I didn't play it, so no. <laughs> but I, I don't know if the the changes are going to be as drastic in Assassin's Creed because I don't think they're going to change the camera perspective. They're not going to change the controls. They're just changing like what the character does and how the character interacts, which I think yeah. is a, a good change. It People were already making the AC Valhalla to God of War comparisons all along, so why not just yeah. go for it? They embraced it now. Yeah, exactly. What I found funny was the fact that when Shadow of Mordor came out, there was a lot of people that were like, oh, well, that's just an Assassin's Creed, Ben, but you guys added magic to it. And you guys added some, like, you know, a Batman Arkham fighting styles to it. 
And now it feels like the copycat had turned because it has got direct abilities. And then, yeah, when you see the weapons and you see the fact that like, oh, you're going to have to use, obviously, frost abilities on the fire guys and fire abilities on the frost guys. Okay, that's God of War. That's great. I I'm happy with that. Um, they've actually got me with this. I had not played the newest Assassin's Creed and I just ordered it because of the expansion that's coming up. So it worked on me. But I kind of feel like this could have been an entirely new franchise and I would have been even happier with that. Where instead of playing different characters with different cultures, you're playing different mythical char characters going through different mythologies. I think that would have been a better spin-off franchise. This is probably once again another beta test for that, though. It seems like Ubisoft yeah. is taking some chances, but they're doing it safely, which is a smart way for them yeah. to take chances without risking a ton of money. So I wouldn't be surprised if this does well if they do exactly what you just said and spin it off into that. Yeah. Then I'm looking at like how cool would it be to go back to the Egyptian culture and then play as Egyptian gods and and oh. you know stuff like that. There's so many Eastern cultures and stuff like that that the Western world are not familiar with yet. Here you go. This is how you do it. Anything else you guys want to say before we move on from Assassin's Creed? No. You guys gonna watch no. me play it, right? On on our stream? Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. Twitch.tv slash Freaks Podcast. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gotham Knights is getting its own TV show on CW. Uh, this is not directly the Gotham Knights game, although it's the same exact name. Uh, in this world, Bruce Wayne is dead, and his rebellious adopted son must work the with the children of his villains to defend Gotham. So, first off, Squeaks, who do you think is the best Bruce Wayne adopted son to be the main character of this story? I mean, it has to be the... Oh, man. You know what? I was going to say the original Robin, but then at that point, you would want to see Nighthawk, right? Nightwing. Nightwing. Nightwing, yeah. Dick Grayson into Nightwing. You kind of want to see him in that show also. So I would say, yeah, Tim Drake. Tim Drake? Yeah. Or do you think it should be Jason Todd? Well, see, I want to see him as, red, as the Red Hood, though. So I if see. we can see the transition, then yeah, most definitely. But if we're not going to get Red Hood, then it's like, hmm. Because you're going to play the game, right? Okay, so I'm not going to watch a show because CW, so fuck all that shit, right? And so, I'll be binging it, so go ahead, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's, okay, let's just say if I was going to watch it, whatever, I go into the game and Red Hood's in it, and you're like, oh, man, I love Red Hood. I wish he was in the show. So, I kind of see that going on. Really. Yeah, I, I, I never really thought about that. I just assumed it would probably be the Red Hood character, or, you know, everybody knows Dick Grayson. Let's just use Dick Grayson again. But yeah, mm -hmm. I like the idea of then you could have them visit their world and they're both yeah. in Teen Titans so they could stay in Teen yeah. Titans and then kind of uh, teeter in and out. Crossover, yeah. Is there any Batman villain children that you would want to see thrive in this world? Like Penguin we know has a son, but they're probably going to have a lot of fictional children. Is there anybody who you think would have a really unique child? Uh, can I make one up? Yeah, of course. That's the point, yeah. They're going to Well, maybe you might prove this. Uh, you might prove me wrong. wonder if... Um, uh, Catwoman and Bruce Wayne had a baby, right? Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. And yeah. then somehow he took a kind of like the uh, path of Catwoman. Yeah. But maybe Poison Ivy had a kid too. So now you have the daughter of Catwoman and the son or daughter of Poison Ivy. That'd be a cool combo. Yeah. <laughs> Poison Ivy needs more saying. more of a spotlight. Harley Quinn does a good job, but I mean, we need more, mm -hmm. more Poison Ivy for sure. Maybe some live action Poison Ivy instead of just the cartoon. Yeah. Penguin has a son who we know would be a very good like Falcone type character, right? He'd move up to the mm. mafia and stuff like that. That'll be a good character. Um, and then I always, I just, Mr. Freeze also needs way more attention because the Batman animated series made him awesome. So let's see what a Mr. Freeze child who 
we could have the Harley Quinn version where Mr. Freeze sacrifices himself to save, finally save his wife. And then you have somebody who is mm. kind of living in that life with their father who had died living as a villain. The mom is probably trying to steer him away from that villain life. Something like that. Or, or the mom dies and the child blames the father. Yeah. Does he already have a power? The Freeze's son? Is it just some Freeze doesn't have a son in real life. We're making shit up at this point. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, okay. I was going to say, because wonder if I was going to say something stupid. This series like, will oh, invent he's... kids. These kids don't exist. The series yeah. will invent them. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, wonder if he had like fire, more uh, fire stuff and then instead of ice, but then you're like, okay, well then you're just Firefly basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. We don't need any more. And he was a scientist. So I'd imagine like his, his daughter or son would study his technology and try yeah. to develop something similar. But I think it'd be cool if he saw like his dad, you know, was the cause of his mom's death and or, you know, doesn't Pain, know, yeah. but blames his father. And so uh, tries to, you know, kill his dad or avenge his mom or something like that. Yeah. And then like maybe he stumbles across the fro- the freezing gun or something like that in the closet. And yeah, it goes place yeah, with it. But changes it. He's got to adapt it to himself a little bit. Yeah. Something, different. something a little more punk, something like that. Yeah. Any other DC villains you guys want to see their children thrive in this world? Where they're pro- remember in this world they're actually protecting Gotham. They're they're working I want to see Joker have a, uh, I want to see Joker have a son, but like not crazy and actually help him <laughs> like the heroes. Right? <laughs> He's just like an office worker somewhere. Yeah, exactly. just like, yeah. <laughs> It'd be cool. It'd be cool to show a Joker's child who is brilliant like yeah. super super smart like and Harley can Quinn be is. Yeah. The, re- the yeah it could be the redemption of humanity but he has that blood in him still and he's just a little bit broken so they have to keep an eye on him because sometimes he'll just he'll he'll turn and this really great thing that he's gonna you know i'm gonna create an energy source that can sustain the planet or i can you know put in a self-destruct button if i wanted to <laughs> kind of thing yeah and it'd be like oh shit this guy's really smart but that one percent of him is just a little bit psycho. Yeah, a little too tempting. That'd be a good character. It would be cool to have those little lines that are in there, like you're saying, that are like, yeah. oh, that's a hint of Papa. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and he doesn't know maybe that his dad was, was who he is. So when people hear him laugh every once in a while and it reminds them of who his dad was, you know, it's a secret, but that'd be kind of, that'd be cool. Oh, man, especially if they use Jason Todd, who was technically killed by him, you know, at one point. So that would be even a level where Jason Todd's got like PTSD from from joker so that laughter out of his son would just like shut down red hood <laughs> you know um emotionally yeah. so that'd be fa- uh, fascinating i will watch this yes it's on cw yes i hope it's exactly like a uh, uh, john Ol- or john oliver um oliver queen <laughs> and Arrow. um yeah. so i'm really excited for that all right last bit of news before we get into our reviews henry cavill he's been doing a lot of um interviews for the uh, witcher 2 that just came out and in those interviews he says which, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Colbert because every interview that he's been on, people keep talking shit about how he's a geek. I can't stand it. They talk about how, like, oh, mm-hmm. so you play with little toys, you make little, they call it, and he's like, yeah, it's called Warhammer. And he's like, oh, but do you actually like, play with them? Or like, they kind of like make fun of him. And he's like, yeah, it's, you know, we get together as a group and stuff. Tom Holland defended him on one thing because they were interviewed together. And Colbert, instead of like making fun of him, was like embracing it and showing him it, building the PC that happened this year. So, Everybody calm down. Geeks are not rare anymore. And anyways, so he wants to play in a live action Warhammer and he wants to play in a Mass Effect live action series. I'm new to the Mass Effect series, so I thought, Kevin, I know you've played it. Can you kind of break down who he'd be playing? I think it's Commander Shepard, right? Uh, Who he would be in that series? Uh, 
so that's a hard question to to really give a definitive answer for because Mass Effect you play as Shepard, but you get to create your Shepard. Uh, you get to make choices that determine who Shepard becomes, and everybody's playthrough is different. So I think anybody could play that role and fit into the role because the role would be whatever the the creators of the TV show decide that Shepard would be. Um, Henry Cavill, after seeing what he's done with Geralt from The Witcher, I, I would love to see it. I, it might actually redeem Mass Effect to me to some extent. And I would love for it to be maybe not even a Shepard story, maybe be a standalone story that had nothing to do with the mainline trilogy. But yeah, yeah I would love to see it personally. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, him is Geralt. I mean, it's been it's been very good. And, and it's got me to once again by Witcher 3. I don't know why I keep falling for that trick. But every time I watch the Witcher series, I'm like, you know, it's only 10 bucks. <laughs> let, let me buy it on Epic now. So, yeah, I also bought it on Epic. Um, <laughs> they keep and I'll play 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, it's just not my game. Um, but yeah. Is there anything else that you guys want to see Henry Cavill do? I think we've asked this before, but uh, he's been kind of entering into the geekdom and bringing the geekdom into the mainstream. Is there anything else you guys want him to focus on? Like personally for myself, as an example, I really want him to be a part of the next World of Warcraft movie. And I would like for him to be Arthas, eventually the Lich King myself. Damn. Honestly, Henry Cavill is kind of like a, um, God, he's kind of like my Idris Elba. Like I haven't played anything yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, man, I like that Arthas comparison though. Damn. <laughs> now that's all you can think of. I like how you're speaking um, into a World of Warcraft mic while you're saying that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, let's twist it. Okay. So I want Idris Elba to play Swan, right? Well, we know that might not happen yes. because of Jimmy Fox thing. If, right. Let's just keep. But let's just in a perfect world that I want him to play Spawn. Well, later on in life, if we expand the Spawn universe, we have another version of a Spawn that's a different character. Kind of just wakes up in a hospital bed. So if I can get my two big stars on one screen together, that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have them both play in Spawn. That'd be dope. That'd be cool. But yeah. I only say that because I I want a revamped Spawn first. And that's why I would like to have Idris Elba front, up front. Um, and not something that's like in the universe. I still want that universe established. Or we could have him play. Um, it doesn't really fit the role uh, of the two cops, Twitch and I forgot his name already. Now it's pretty bad. The two cops that's supposed to be like the main focus on this new Spawn movie. Yeah, I would like him maybe to play one of the cops would be cool because uh, the way he kind of uh, dresses himself off on uh, Mission Impossible, not mm -hmm. like so more normalized than just like a Superman or like a Witcher. So I think he can clean himself up pretty well and act like a, be a detective really as well. Um, yeah. So those would be my roles. I want to add one more to your movie, by the way, while we're talking about this. I mm -hmm. want Anton Mount, who's playing in the new Star Trek, to be Gunslinger Spawn as well. So mm. we had that Cowboy Spawn, who he used to play yeah, on Hell on Wheels. Yeah. Oh, that'd be yeah. too dope. So we need to get a hold of who would some you people. Play, <laughs> who would you want to play a uh, female Spawn? Mm. God, anybody, really. Yeah, put you on the spot, really. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Gal Gadot. Yeah, there we yeah. go. We got Gal Gadot playing that. <laughs> All right. <sighs> She's too sad. Yeah. Any other uh, Henry Cavill dreamcasting before we go under reviews? I I think he would be really good if they decided to do a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ready Player Two, and then follow into three. No, <laughs> no. If they uh, wanted to make a live action uh, Hercules movie, a new one. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that yeah. Be, Ooh, yeah, that'd be dope. I think yeah. that'd be really good. Be a perfect fit for him. Disney will do it eventually. They're good. They're remaking all their stuff yeah. into live action. So. Yeah, well, that's it's in the works. Change. And um, is it? Oh, I haven't heard any casting, but I really want Will Arnett to play Hades. 
Oh, I think he can do that. He's pretty low. Wow. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I've been because the way oh, he talks. Okay, so I watched the Lego Masters, and the way he talks and kind of just interacts and kind of like stupid little uh, corny jokes snarky. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. like snarky jokes. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's 80s. Just cast him. <laughs> so I mean, that'd be dope to have him and uh, Henry Cavill together. Oh, yeah, I didn't know they were already making one. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, Arnett, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. you just kind of blew my mind a little on that one. That was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> he's an excellent Batman, by the way, and as Lego yeah. Batman. He's really good as that. Yeah. All right, let's finish there, and then we're going to be going off to our Spider-Man and Witcher reviews. All right, Kevin and Squeak stepped out because they don't want the spoilers, and that's totally fair. We are going to do spoiler-free review, review for everything. We're going to start with Witcher. Now, you haven't watched Witcher yet, correct? Correct. Do you plan on watching it pretty soon? No. Someday I do want to sit down and watch them all, but I didn't watch the first uh, season. That's what I, two, I, 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 I thought that was the case, so that, that's yeah. good. Uh, I'm going to go spoiler-free. and I, So yeah. I'm just going to say real quick, and I've only watched the first half so far because, again, it came out like basically the day before we were recording this. Yeah. Um, and the guy that was supposed to do this review, he couldn't show up, uh, Daniel, so that's fine. Um, but I will say that if you are a fan of the first season, this season so far has only been improving it. I think that they have found the structure the show kind of needed a little bit more in this first um, first season. Uh, the, the first episode specifically is phenomenal, and it kind of leans into the book story, from my understanding. While the second episode and third episode feel like the early video game kind of stuff. So uh, I really think this is done well. Now, some of the highlights I wanted to make sure to go over. They definitely got a better budget this season. I think they got a near Game of Thrones budget on some of these effects. I mean, they're really something special. The um, They got Torment Giant Bane. You remember Torment Giant Bane from uh, Game of oh, Thrones? Yeah. Big red beard. Yeah. They got him to play this like kind of a werewolf type character. Mm-hmm. And man, I mean, what a makeup job. It reminds me of that old show Face Off we used to watch. Oh, yeah. These guys would have won the show. I mean, they did a hell yeah. of a good job. And the battle and stuff like that that happened, the little fight that they had was really good. Uh, that was just all in the first episode, too. And it had that thing, you, you'll know, where like in Star Trek, where it proposes a question or it gives you a scenario where it's like your thoughts on who the good guy or bad guy is in the story shift as you go. Mm, I love that. That first episode definitely has has that. Mm-hmm. And so the whole time you're just like, wait, do I trust this guy? Do I not? Interesting yeah. backstory, fantasy involved and stuff. So it's really good there. Um, as the series, prog- series progresses, so does the story. And, and like the grandeur of the story ex- expands uh, where we start to learn more about the witches themselves. They actually go back to where they, they rest for the winter. And we start to actually get a little bit more of their backstory and their lore and how they work as a community it's a very small community but a tight-knit one um siri who is the uh uh princess that he basically got from the uh it, it, is now like basically raising her um she's really developing into a character i like a lot and i know game players are big fans of hers but she's developing into a very cool character who um is trying to Almost become a witcher on her own, but without the the side effects where they actually have to go through the mini, uh, uh, surgical or whatever it is procedures to make them a witcher. But actually, like she's becoming a really cool fighter and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see her transition into something really more powerful and neat. Yennefer's story, by the way, also is expanding. And 
her side of things is starting to see kind of the Game of Thrones level stuff where we have multiple kingdoms at war. And she is seen as a hero who's facing her own personal struggles that will get in the way of being a hero. And where she lies um, doesn't make much sense. So she kind of has, if we're going back to the Game of Thrones analogy, almost like a hound mixed with like a weird Jon Snow and Jamie Lannister hybrid. Um, and so she's kind of like, she's a complicated character. And I really, I just, I'm a big Yennefer fan as it is. So seeing where she goes from here on out is going to be fantastic. And I think, I think the show is treating all the characters well, giving them their, their time in the sun and really letting them expand and, and, and grow in this. Now we're not going to give this a grade as I'm only in the first half through and I'm going to let Daniel do the grade. So when Daniel uh, does give me his review after, after the things he's got going on today, I uh, will post that up on our social media so you guys can get our grade for that. But I do suggest this. If you like the first season, I truly feel like this is a better season. And um, from visuals, better. Story, better so far. And characters, by far, are more developed and, and more well-rounded. Those are better. So check it out, guys. Witcher Season 2, totally worth the watch. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size. Just like Jonathan, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man. We're going spoiler-free for now. Spoiler-free. Yeah, if you guys want them spoilers, head to our Patreon. And we'll make it free for you guys to listen to. But it'll be spoiler-filled. It'll be a salute. Uh, but Jonathan, first off, what did you think of this movie? Remember, spoiler-free. God, I loved this movie. I had hold back tears through probably half of it. And I'm a 31-year-old man who shouldn't be crying in theaters publicly. <laughs> or trying not to. It was very, very good. A lot of heavy, heartfelt, you know, story to it. So I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a 36-year-old man who's holding back tears. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, man, uh, there was so much more heart in this film than I expected. I didn't yeah. expect that. But there were this these moments the... where you're feeling compassion for everybody involved. And it was, boy, that was something neat. Yeah. This was like the Hallmark movie of, of at the MCU, but it was yeah. just, to me, I, I personally think it was better than Endgame. I know a lot of people are probably going to disagree or put it right below Endgame. To me, it was even better. I so, think the thing that pushes it over the edge, and I want to make sure to bring this into this, is we saw it in theaters, a packed theater. Yeah. Um, and so the emotion, the energy, and just the general vibe of that room helped mm -hmm. a lot. And so I yeah. wonder if that's going to affect the grade for you. Uh, probably you know <laughs> and i haven't I gone to the theaters because of that yeah <laughs> in the last two years i think i've been to the theaters maybe two or three times and we used to go to the theaters all the time yeah but with the pandemic and you know having a baby and stuff like that it's just non-existent now so it was very exciting to actually sit in in a theater at a you know the initial opening of a of a movie um uh, and yes for such a good movie too it was just all yeah. a good recipe and when I go to the movies nowadays, I go, I go often nowadays, but I always go middle of the day when it's like me and three other people in the entire big ass room. When this, we went, there was maybe a seat available uh, when all mm -hmm. things were said and done. And one of, my, one of my downgrades for this, one of the reasons I'm hitting it a little bit is because so many things were predictable, uh, albeit because I do a lot of research and stuff like that, but there were a lot of predictable things when you kind of saw things being telegraphed. and but that kind of worked really well in the theater because you kind of felt that tension that rise. Energy build, yeah. Yeah. And people were waiting like, oh, we hear that cackle, the laughter, which you guys saw this in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. You hear that, that cackle, and then you're like, oh, man. And then you see that green pumpkin bomb, or the you know, orange and green pumpkin bomb roll in, 
and the, yeah. all the audience is in cheering and roaring, <laughs> and there yeah. he is. There's Willem Dafoe as our Green Goblin. Yeah, he's a great actor too. He's oh God, so I love his acting. Good. Everybody in this did. I could not insult anybody except maybe the kid that plays Flash was maybe the smallest character, but uh, yeah. his friend. Yeah, but well. uh, it, all these guys did such great jobs. It was mind blowing. Who do you think really stretched their acting muscle the most in this? The one that impressed me the most, I mean, I like to see William Defoe. I know he's quite a bit older now. He he did really good, but uh, it's hard to, I, I can't narrow it down. <laughs> um, oh, I can't talk about the, so some you can't actors, say why they were acting. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I can't say the actor. Some actors in this were really good and you have to watch it to understand who and how and why. Yeah. Uh, but Tom Holland and, and Aunt May, but Tom Holland, um, was phenomenal and it's it's awesome to see him in so many movies building up to this that his it seems like i mean maybe he was a great actor from the beginning but it seems like his we're seeing his skills get stronger with every ep, with every yeah. movie yeah. and it might be that the writing is getting better and they can see what he can handle and they write a little more depth and passion into the, the role but he portrays it so well like it's unbelievable it's such a good movie there's yeah there's a part that kind of reminded me i was telling you about this afterwards there's a part that reminds me of the first MCU Spider-Man movie where he's being crushed by that rock where Vulture's on top of him. And mm-hmm. it was where like, oh, I like this Spider-Man. He, yeah. he felt real. We have yeah. another similar situation where one watching it, I was like, first off, Tom Holland is a hell of an actor. And this Spider-Man feels so real right now, mm-hmm. which is hard to do in a world where Thor exists, you know, and, yeah. and Doctor Strange did magic. <laughs> no. Yeah. And when you, you know, in a world where you see you see death, you know, pretty commonly and you're stopping these villains from killing millions and then they end up killing like 30 or something, you know, it's like a car goes flying and I didn't catch that one. So that's three people that just died or something like that. Yeah. So you would think that, that emotion wouldn't be, eventually this would just have to be a logical pursuit to save, you know, as many number of lives as you can, but he does a good job of just conveying such deep, passionate emotion in, in a character that we would assume eventually would come, become numb to, to pain and death and loss. Uh, but he's not, and it's really you know shows in the yeah in the movie. It takes an actor like Tom Holland's to express that too. They did a yeah. really good job with that. Uh, another thing I want to make sure to mention is how much these this film is about redemption uh, for mm-hmm. everybody involved, and I liked that in a way that was kind of like Batman's one rule: don't kill anybody. And it's like, yeah. well, okay, but that's that's a really good rule to have. But why do you have it? And I think that this was the first superhero movie I saw that like, okay, here's that rule as well. Now explain it. And yeah, uh, it, it kind of bends it, our, you know, <laughs> it bends our perspective of good and evil. And I love that. Yes. I love, you know, you look at, yeah. look at the lens, like we kind of see in the Joker movie, we saw, you know, Hey, Joker's crazy, but he's crazy for a good reason. Kind of thing. Like you see the other side of the coin and it's awesome. And they do such a good job at this of, of showing you the other perspective and then turning it back and turning it again. Like it's really understanding that good and evil is not a black and white uh, yes or no. It's a slippery slope with a lot of gray areas in it. And you're constantly, especially as a hero or a villain, you're having to to make that decision of, you know, what is okay and what's not. And how do I, you know, justify my actions to some extent. Somebody shown in the trailer that's a very good example of that was Electro. Jamie's, Jamie Foxx's Electro. Who, yeah. um, on the surface is, yeah, he's a guy who wanted power, right? To, mm-hmm. to be strong. But then they kind of, delve deeper into it, which I have not seen the amazing Spider-Man movies out of like protest 
And Sony, for some <laughs> reason, didn't catch my protest, so nothing changed. <laughs> Tobey Maguire wasn't the new. They didn't make it as Spider-Man 4. But um, his character, you kind of see a little bit more where it's like, well, I was just a nobody before, and this gave mm-hmm. me power. Now, suddenly, his his desire for power make a little makes a little bit more sense. It's it's in face of feeling like a nobody. And we've all had mo- mm-hmm. uh, feelings like that before. So seeing that in a villain is like, oh, so the villains aren't so different than us, you know? Yeah. It's very uh, grounding and it makes it helps you relate with all these heroes and villains because you see that they are human. And I like that this not only is trying to redeem, you know, the good guys and the bad guys and justify who's doing what, but it's kind of a redemption of humanity as a whole is what yeah. it, the way the way they change perspectives, I think. Yeah. Um, OK, let's see. Uh, visually, of course, it's beautiful. Doctor Strange is in this, as we know. Uh, mm-hmm. And anytime he's in an MCU movie, you're gonna see some really fancy stuff like uh, Inception cool kind of effects. You yeah. Know. Um, anything else you want to make sure to mention before we we give our grade on this? Um, there's just so much that was so great that we can't talk about without spoilers. Check our Patreon; it will be free. Do you guys listen to the, the spoiler-filled one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like how they kind of tied in uh, Doctor Strange and the magic without making this a you know wizard battle kind of thing. It does. It's nothing like. Um, a WandaVision where it relies on magic. It's it uses magic for the plot, but it's also very grounded in you know Spider Man's yeah uh, world. You know, I was just about not... to say spoiler too. It was like nope, 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 nope. Yeah, <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah. very grounded in where you know you feel like it, it. Not like um the Avengers where there's these aliens and all this stuff going on in in New York City, and it just seemed too too much, too extreme to relate. This does a good job of bringing in some extreme with the magic and then still bringing it grounded to be relatable. Oh, perfectly said. Yeah. That's well said. Yeah. While there's a lot of magic going on, you're paying attention to this kid who's trying to survive this fight with something he can't handle. And yeah, yeah that, that is Spider-Man in, in a nutshell right there. When he got the yeah. Avengers doing Avengers thing. And while <laughs> Spider-Man is still very good fighter and very good superhero, he is still this kid that's hanging out with these adults is just trying to like survive and he's worried about getting his homework done tonight too. And so yeah. he's got this big external and internal battle that you get to see from, you know, both of them. Also, I really liked how much they developed this, the relationship between him and MJ. It felt mm-hmm. more real in this movie than it ever has before. Like yeah. this was actually two people in love trying to deal with the struggles of, of being themselves and what that means uh, going forward. Um, yeah. And and Ned, I mean, she was great. I love I love the MJ. I can't remember her Zendaya. name. Zendaya. Um, but the relationship between the three of them, it's funny how they have Ned as like a third wheel, but he's also yeah. his best friend. They do their little handshake and stuff like that. And so I love that they're they're just kind of like a a group. It's not just him and MJ, and then every once in a while he'll see his buddy like like the earlier Spider Man movies. Yeah. Um it's very much like the three of them hang out together. If they, you know, were in college, they would share a dorm or It'd be like the gang from Always Sunny if they opened a bar kind of thing. Like they would just yeah. be a tight knit group. So that's cool to see. Yeah. All right. That is going to be it for our episode. Then our, our review. Um, what grade do you want to give uh, this one? I got to give it a full on A plus. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> I, okay. So here's, here's the thing. As a film by itself, without the hype, I'm giving it a B. Because mm. I feel like, you know, the story can get a little sloppy. There was um, some, it was pretty predictable for a superhero movie. Everything I wanted to happen happened. And to a degree that was like, this is fan fiction more so than a movie. 
but I had a lot of fun and everything like that. So I'm giving it a B. Now, as a movie going experience, I'm giving it a separate grade for that. A plus all day, every day. That this movie, I mean, it, it might have it might have outdone even Avengers Endgame for me as well. As much as yeah. I that, that end of Avengers Endgame, we were cheering as well for that. You know, boy, when yeah. he grabbed Thor's hammer, when he grabbed the other <laughs> Captain America was something yeah. else. Um this had that and a little bit more of that, I think. It had yeah. a more of those moments. So a lot um, of fan service. A lot of fans. Ooh, perfect. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So we'll go with we'll go with your A plus, I think, in the end. Um and, yeah. and that's a good testament to tell the fans, go see it in theaters. Don't wait for it yes. at home. Don't buy I mean, buy the DVD later if you want or whatever. But oh, yeah, sure. it's it's worth the the effort to just go see it in theaters. I know, you know, wear a mask and all that stuff, but it's definitely yeah yeah it's it's worth it yeah we wore masks the whole time but we cheered right through yeah. them <laughs> yeah all right guys that is it for our episode this week again if you want the spoiler filled one it'll be like an additional 10 minutes um check it out on our patreon it will be free it's going to be a, a free switch all right see you guys thank you for joining us on the geek freaks podcast you can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.